0: Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Tail Hunters Podcast. This is your host, Devin Patterson. Welcome, welcome. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'm going to just get on here really quick. I'm by myself. i um, going to do an intro. We did a little something different this time and did our first Zoom podcast with um, a pretty special guest. And we know how busy he is, or we can assume how busy he is, so we try to be conscious of his time. So once we started rolling with him, we just went straight into it. We didn't do any of our intro stuff, didn't really do any um, any bullshit, and we just went straight to it. So um, I'm going to do the Officer Down um, tribute. I'm going to be speaking about Police Officer Dylan Harrison. Um, Police Officer Dylan Harrison was with the Alamo Police Department in Georgia. His end of watch was Saturday, October 9, 2021. Um, Police Officer Dylan Harrison was shot and killed outside of the Alamo Police Department around 1 a.m., uh, the subject fled the scene and was arrested the following day. Officer Harrison was working his very first shift as a part-time officer with the Alamo Police Department. He had served in law enforcement for four years and pre- previously served with several other agencies. Um, he is survived by his wife and six-month-old son. So, um, age 26 years old. Officer Dylan Harrison, rest in peace, your life mattered. Um, so, Again, we did a little something different this time. This is our first time doing Zoom. <clears throat> Excuse me. If uh, you follow along, you will know that we did a or an episode with um, Brian Rogers of the Pike County Dorks. Um, and it was remote, and it was pretty terrible. We feel like this one was definitely a lot better. We used a different—we uh, used Zencastr on the other one. This one we did Zoom, and the audio came out a lot better. There weren't as many lapses. Uh, we were, other than my terrible internet, everything went pretty smooth. So without further ado, uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Again, this is a, a guest that is super special. I mean, he's he's blown up over the last couple of years. Um, his name's Troy Fowler, better known as the Ranch Fairy. If you don't know about the Ranch Fairy, don't know what he does or his stuff, then obviously um, he's going to, or we talk about it on the episode, but um, you definitely need to look him up. It is the reason that I have... Really dove into a um, heavier arrow setup, um, so hopefully after listening to him talk on this podcast, or if you look him up after this or before, whichever, um, you'll understand why we have chosen to kind of adopt that that theory, um, at least partially for Poland, and and me and Chase are are in it. Um, you you just can't argue with the math, and it's just we feel like it's a more efficient way to go. So um hopefully you guys enjoy the episode if you could once uh you get done listening if you could give us a review share it um get us out there to build our community a little more so uh enjoy we rolling we're rolling we are rolling welcome to the podcast everybody um live in the studio today is just me your boy d pat um we are coming in via zoom this is our first time rolling this so um If it sounds like shit, we apologize, but uh, it's a new thing we're doing. Chasey got a little sick today, so he's hanging out at home. Chase, say hi. Hi. So, also, my internet sucks, so if there's a delay, I apologize about that. Um, But we're doing something uh, pretty cool today. We've got um, the first time We actually have a guest that uh, has a name for himself and is pretty popular. So... (laughs) the four listeners that are listening to this you should know who this gentleman is um but if you don't then um you're definitely missing out um most people know him by ranch ferry so if you just uh, get on the youtubes and look at branch ferry then you can find more than enough um information but troy fowler how's it going man
1: very good man thanks for having me on
0: Thanks for uh, you coming on. Take, yeah, taking the time out of uh, of course your day to, to get on to help these little guys. Um, <laughs> no, so, you're fine. Let's go. Yeah. So just to start off, I know this is super uh, cliche, but uh, for anybody that's listening to this that maybe doesn't know who you are or what you're about, um, quick intro would be awesome.
1: Yeah, sure. So I've uh, been shooting a bow and arrow since I was 12 years old, and I'm 52 and um back in the day when we shot heavy aluminum arrows and cut on contact broadheads sometimes at night but that's been seven years has passed, so i'm good on that uh, <laughs> we always shot really cleanly through deer and didn't never expected arrows to stay in them and then i'm i'm old enough that i saw the original thunderhead the replaceable blade head was a really new deal that's that's old right there brother <laughs> and uh and then the, the really fast stuff came along. We all had overdraws, and um, I started a YouTube channel about 2016-17. It really is when I really committed 19, it really took off to explore the world of making a flying stick as efficient as possible on meat. And this is the biggest disconnect, and you have to frame, you have to frame this in your head to listen to me. Um, and even be able to digest half the stuff I talk about. I start at the animal and the the projectile that will penetrate in the highest number of cases and kill the animal, including bone impacts, which I don't recommend, but it happens. And then I back up to my bow and I get the projectile that's the highest efficiency to fly. So 95% of bow hunting is make a stick fly, and then say it's going to penetrate. And there's two different camps. It's it's not a camp necessarily, it's a mindset. The assumption that an arrow will penetrate because you're flying it is nowhere near trying to decide what will penetrate and then making it fly and dealing with it and making it and zeroing it. And it's all based on Dr. Ed Ashby's 27-year study
2: on arrow penetration. Sorry, Which is mind boggling because I've yeah. I've been yeah. I think I've seen every one of your videos on YouTube and listen oh, about Thank every listen to about every podcast you've done with everybody else. And yep. even so much as that my wife will watch very few YouTube videos, but we'll sit in bed and watch The Ranch Fairy because she thinks, your shirt <laughs> oh! and your your smart alec is just hilarious. She just she loves it, so I that's, that's one that I can watch all the time. So, and then I I started reading the uh, the project with the Dr. Ashby, and that's just yeah, it's fascinating it's, stuff. It's, it's crazy how you can go just we've almost you've almost pushed it like looking backward, like looking back where we all started from the roots with the heavier and versus everybody wanting to go light and fast. And, 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 but your, your push is almost going back where we all started back to the roots. I mean, if you look back to beginning of bow hunting back way before we were around, what were they using? Yep, Heavy and it
1: worked. Yeah. There wasn't light. I didn't know what my arrows weighed when I was a kid, but I shot 2117 aluminums and 145 grain points. I guarantee that it was 600 grains all day. So what? And we were, shooting, we were shooting through stuff all the time.
2: What was the big push out of, I mean, I'm just, I'm ignorant and I'm trying to learn about all this, but what was the big push away from aluminum arrows? Is it just because the structural integrity of them, they bend and people didn't want to deal with it? Or So the biggest deal with carbon is for the, all the young gang out there, the greatest benefit
1: of carbon is... It is super durable and stays, it either breaks or straight, it doesn't bend, doesn't get micro bends. And the aluminums, there's 500 different wall thicknesses and diameters, so it's hard to spine. Whereas okay. you, there's only three spines for somebody shooting 60 or more pounds. Right. You're shooting a 350, you shouldn't be shooting a 400 because that's a Twizzler, but you're shooting a 350, a 300, 250, depending on what's on the front. So now you've cut down the complexity. You have three arrows to right. shoot and then you try to figure how to make them tune. Because they're so it's, light, the speed thing came along. Yeah. That's, it's funny that's you, a you direct about,
0: correlation. It's funny you talk about like the Thunderheads and like the old timer stuff, because like I remember um I took about a, a 10-year hiatus. With life and college and stuff, um, where I didn't want yep. it. But but prior prior to that in high school, I would go out with my grandpa and he always shot Thunderheads. Um oh, yeah. and them and them arrows. So it was like those older guys and they would talk about, you know, going through shoulder blades and and seeing deer, seeing deer just, you know, straight down in the ground and then Collapse. just piles to into the ground. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, during that the beginning of my hunting experience and then into my hiatus i kind of kept up with stuff but all of this stuff you know rage just started coming out and they were huge sure. all this expandable stuff um and you know a lot of people kill a lot of deer with with those but um it's just funny you've talked about like the old guys kind of kind of started out heavy i am i'm like on the outer edge getting of getting the back old to that. guys right yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the mechanical stuff works when it works you know i shot it for 10 years the reason why I started the channel is I killed about 150 inch deer in 2006 or seven. I don't remember. And I've ne- I don't care to kill another deer. I, personally. I just don't care. I want to kill a mule deer spot and stalk and do a Western deal. And I've tried and I just not good at it. And I want to shoot an elk and I've, I had kids. So my hiatus was children. And then I have 39 nieces and nephews. I've I married into Dude. a huge family.
2: I don't know That's how where the ranch, ranch
1: came from. I uh, Yeah. Like that's where my test lab came from, right? That's their, it's their ranch that I run. And um, <laughs> I never lost my joy of shooting really big, mature feral hogs. And they're a completely different target from the, from the standpoint of penetrating a target. They are absolutely three or four times more durable than a, than a deer. Their bone structure is heavier. They're, they're, they got, the big ones have shields, which can, is not a very big thing to penetrate but their ribs are very close to, and they eat arrows. They're covered in mud. I've shot multiple pigs that I call them M&M pigs. Literally they come out and they're encrusted in mud right yeah. on their kill zone. You're going through a solid wall of mud and it just eats broadheads. And I had all the light stuff. I was shooting 400 spine arrows on 70 pounds, blah, 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 every broadhead on earth. And I'm, I'm on the deer feet of the right there. 17 yards, and I'm losing them. I bet I was below 50% at one time on the big ones. And the big one on our place is over 200 pounds. And that's a big animal, uh, yeah. just the way they're built. can built like a damn barrel. And I said, Well, this ain't working. And I own guns. So I can shoot them with that. For sure. So I had nothing to lose doing what Ed said. And I started flat whacking them.
0: So, how'd you come across that? His studies.
1: I went searching for a different answer than the one sure. I had. And I just said, what I'm doing is not doing what I want done. Right. And I, yeah. I ran into the study um, in the, on the internet and read the whole thing and said, wow, that's way off the grid. So I just said, I'm trying it. And now I can confidently say it's me. My arrow systems don't fail. Sure. I lost one the other day It's about a 250 pounder He's big And I shot him back and The arrow went right through him And he, he, was, he was just starting to walk It was a classic mistake I didn't let him sit still He had one foot back And as I shoot, he goes like this He started to move And then he, he lunged forward And I hit him about four inches back Well, he, said he moved feeders <laughs> He didn't die and uh, my buddy sent me a picture three, two weeks later said, Well, your pig's back, but he changed feeders to the blue house feeder. I'm like, Okay, great. But I did, the system didn't fail. The broadhead was sharp. It went right through him. Was that now the it's one just you, me.
2: Was that the one you did? You just did a video maybe a month ago now, Dader, but it was with that 40 pound bow. You went down and you did the, you was reciting in, you did a quick video on reciting in the v on right. like a 40 pound. Was it that setup? No, it was, it, was not, no it, was
1: I, it was my regular bow. Okay. And shooting the tough head, 200 grain, I was about 650 grain arrow. And it went right through him like butter. I mean, a big animal. Like he wasn't there. But I, I made a mistake that the system didn't collapse. Right. And that's where we need to take this for lethality. Yep. And do
2: you all public hunt or private or what do you all We are 99% public ground hunt. Yeah. Yep. Right. So you get these crazy shot angles and stuff. Yeah. Nothing. We can't, we we can't manicure anything. We can't open any lanes. You've got to pick everything to what, what it is.
1: Right. So you get, that's the one thing when I first met the guys from the hunting public, I said, guys, you only really, you, you are forced to take some quartering two shots and stuff where you're not shooting or you Mm -hmm. have so much discipline. Just let them go. I'm good with that person. I got no argument with somebody who says my arrow won't do that. And they let them go. That's the ethical thing to do. Right. Sure. But they've, you know, they've produced content and they were shooting anyway. And they were shooting them back on quarter and two shots because that's what you had to shoot at. And now we're, you know, being able to break them down. Well, it, it just yeah, increases cool your lethality percentage, you know. Yeah, we, we've
0: seen those videos. I mean, obviously, THP is is humongous. Um, you're seeing, especially this last year after they, they kind of teamed up with you and got those arrows set up that they're taking those shots. Cause they're calling into, or they're calling at a lot of the deer and those deer yep. are coming in looking for them. So they're quartering yep. to them and they're going, yep. they're, they're going, instead of going back, they're going straight for the shoulder blade. Cause you, you trust the system or, you know, next to it and not worried about it. And it's working. Right. I mean, they, like we, well, the thing, the thing I like to see seen. the
1: thing I saw in the beginning, two years ago, when I started watching them, when I found out who they were was they, they, were always, they always got their buddies and got the lights and went tracking. That was mm-hmm. their standard procedure.
2: Yeah, it was. You watch their old videos.
1: You watch their old videos, and they went. They left, leave, let it lay down for a while, get your buddies, get the car, get your glasses, get your lights. Now they shoot them, and they're going down on camera.
0: Yes, which is phenomenal. They had
1: Ford deer going down on camera last year. Dead, dead, right? That's way better. After all yeah. the effort you guys go through public land hunting at the walks in y'all make, going up and down trees, the last damn thing you want to do is be a mile in and have a mile back and a mile back and then a 13 hour tracking job. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just kill the deer. And we can't run in Illinois, we can't run um dog tracking dogs during yep. hunting hours. So right. um a friend of ours that's also in blue tail bow hunters with us, he had what he claims to be the biggest buck of his life. And he's been hunting since Tyler's been hunting what 15, 20 years with his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he, uh, actually he was, had not been into the ranch ferry and the Ashby and it was still running pretty light stuff and mm-hmm. he put two arrows into this monster. And mm-hmm. we, he started doing the whole tracking thing, Devin and, um, him went out the next day and then i went out with him the following day because you couldn't run yep. dog during hunt line it was so thick it was it was murderously thick it was just like just on your hands and knees through part of it yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just terrible so yeah that's that's a big thing for did his arrows so. go through it did he hit that or was it an arrow it, it was
0: it one of it was bad shots because he had a good head he had a, a kudu head um so he like he had half bit into the theory right so he was yep. running it's probably still 400 450 grain head but he had a good cut mm-hmm. on contact so you know I, I can give him that um but it was a bad shot um i think the first one was back a little bit or high and then the second one um was back so the deer
1: i that's a hard, I that's a thought. heartbreaker you know
0: yeah, I can, about, I can about guarantee the deer's dead. We just didn't, you know, the the, the blood stopped, and it is what it is. Um, but the same dude, we just went to Kentucky. He's got now an iron will. He's got a little bit heavier of a, an arrow. It's still not, he's still not all the way in there. But he smoked a doe, and she she sprinted to her death forty yards away. So
1: yeah, right. And yours. Well, that's why David, I spent so much time on my channel about the arrow tuning stuff. Yes. Like it, that, you can load up an arrow and make a heavy arrow, but if it's flying sideways, you ain't done yourself any good. Sure. Right. So I've got the ranch rate kid of a serious and and really get out there and knock to and shoot bear staffs and really put in the time. And this is the please listen to this. You know, if you're one of the audience members, it takes some time. You need to start this process in April, May. You need to be looking down the road, not saying, Okay, two weeks four seasons, <laughs> I'm gonna to tune some arrows. Trust yeah. me, when you cut the fletchings off your arrows that you currently have, it's going to get western. <laughs>
0: yeah, it takes a lot of time. Real, yeah, fast. it's a lot of a lot of trial and error for sure. I it's, got I got lucky and and kind of settled into um, a really good setup, and it just works good for me. I didn't have to do a whole lot of messing around.
1: But, Great, that's
2: awesome. That
0: means uh, your yeah, bow's
1: squared I, up, to shooting straight.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. It, yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's good. But I did not the have the
2: experience. No, it started no. last year. I think I ordered your kit the ranch ferry kit last year with my dxt and yep. ended up finding that right i think it was a 175 flew the best but i didn't understand yep. i didn't understand in total what you were trying to do so like i was just putting i had made my own paper tuning holder yeah, Maybe, right. i mean but you no, know, I just, what, it is,
1: just put a piece and of paper. i stuck it
2: up on the backyard and mm-hmm. i did, i was too scared to cut off fletchings so this is mm-hmm. a kind of a quick backstory for you this is only my third year of bow hunting so i'm yeah, yeah, really sure. new to this so my um i didn't know that i could like cut the fletchings off because i only had so many arrows so i was trying to do it yeah, with right, fletchings on and i had got them to fly like decent and and got everything set up for that last year i switched to the ezv last year i had bought it used off a guy at work the meat axe yeah i love that thing and had a pretty good setup was pretty confident with my setup and then yeah. devin took me down to a new bow shop this year and i bought a new bow in august and it was murderous trying to get that thing set up to me did you get a vxr I, no <laughs> no i uh, i switched to a athens athens vista 33 yeah, so about that one. Yep. i'm kind of i'm kind of like you where i don't necessarily follow the crowd I've yep. broke trunks that not everybody would drive and I I get mm-hmm. in I have bass boats that not everybody thinks is normal and I That's cuz people can't afford
0: them, you fuck.
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, right. The 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 Athens it, once I got it lined up was really really good, but it's it wasn't until I listened to your podcast with uh Kafaru mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And you really broke down why you wanted what the whole theory was behind the Ranch Ferry test kit. And I'm sitting, it's, we're on midnights then. So I was sitting out in the garage, tinkering with stuff at two in the morning, listening to it. And it finally sank in. It's for the normal people like me that don't have a bow press, that don't know how to right. truly build an arrow. And when you right. went in and explained that, that you're basically taking an alternate route to the same end game, it was like right. a light bulb went off. It was, right. this is what he's trying to do. Not just, um, just see which weight flies better, but you sounds like
1: I need to do another video <laughs> learned something on these deals, right? Because, uh, most people don't understand that, just because it says it's 300 spine when you change the point it's not 300 spine right it's heavier if it's heavier it's softer If it's lighter it's 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 all based on 100, 100 gram 100 or 125 gram point right and so you're basically micro bending the arrow different every time you change the point and then all of a sudden one will come out of your bow ride it, it, we do this to rifles Right. I've got an old thirty odd 6 that shoots 165 grain core locks better than anything on the planet. Okay. Yeah. you want what she eat, likes. That's what you want to eat. Uh, I'm good with, you know, back in the day, it was $18 a box, right? Right, yeah. So that was my theory was there's so many, the number of people who have bow presses in the archery business are probably 2%. Right. The shops have them. Right. But the shops are busy. And they don't necessarily want to sit there and twist the cable a half a turn. You shoot if that works. I've never said bending the bow doesn't work, but that the other ninety-eight percent of us who don't have a bow press, this is the alternate route. Like you said, it's the same landing point, but you can do it two hours from an archery shop in your backyard, and it just takes some time. Time's time is the biggest thing, and not get. And then when the arrow's frustrated. flying really straight, you're yeah, right. Put the damn bow down, right? When yeah. they get frustrated, just put the bow down.
0: Hear that, Chase? A lot
1: of the bows these days, just if you're listening to this, are a little bit torquey. So the first thing you should do if you're bear shaft and and they're flying kind of crazy is change your hand pressure on the grip. That should just be your first step and see what happens. You know, it's a lot of them are real torquey and uh, I don't know what causes that. I haven't had anybody able to explain it to me in English. And so I don't worry about it. I just know it occurs. Right. Right. And I know I can make a bow shoot bad by really pushing it one side or the other.
2: Well, and switching but, from that DXT to the Athens, which the Athens has the same kind of riser, the Elite and the VXR, everybody's running that smooth grip riser that basically mm-hmm. vertical grip and come from the DXT that had the fat old wood grip that was high. I know, and low. it was great it just put your yeah. head in a spot yeah yeah but you like you're saying with the torquiness. yeah it took me it took me a month to figure out like cuz i kept wanting to grab it like the dxt and that was causing mm-hmm. some shot placement issues and tuning issues and that really was a that was a long path I almost, I almost i almost got
0: him on medication it was so bad
1: yeah. yeah, that's why I asked if you had a VXR, because uh, the short bows and the VXR has been my number one. I get about a thousand messages a month on bows and it's all it's all shooting the bow. It's not people send me pictures now killing stuff. Right. But all yeah. the rest of the year, it's a solid thousand messages a month. It's all bow. Tuning. It's all tuning arrows. It's all which one they send me pictures of their paper tuning and all that stuff. And which one should I pick? And if by the way, just so you know this. If you shoot through a ranch kit, or you choose to buy some arrows and try the different point weights, don't shoot the maximum. If, if you got two shooting good, shoot the lower one. You, you would think I would advocate for the heaviest damned arrow you can shoot, except wrong heads are not aerodynamically the same as a field point. They are very different. So you're better off shooting a little lighter point if you had a choice. And then you'll be fine with broadheads. And I've pushed it. I've done it. I've really tried to push it. It takes a lot of work to uh, really shoot a big, heavy one. Like I shoot some seven hundred and fifty or eight hundred grinders. God, they're good on meat. A seven hundred grand arrow on meat is just—it's awesome. It just yeah. Bishop came out with some big ones. Right through them.
0: That's crazy. I do have fantastic. I I got one like big question. It's kind of. Off topic, but why why do you think like you're getting so much pushback from the I mean that we finally have like statistical data to, to back up how like yep. efficient this this is? Why do you think yep. there's still so much freaking back pressure like that you're just crazy?
1: It's never it's very simple. People are herd animals. And so the herd is currently fast. Yeah. And I I really don't care. I mean I I, I'm borderline Osbergers. I really don't care. Yep. I just don't have a problem with it. I get a lot of, I, I get very little hate mail and stuff because I kick people right in the nuts when they do that crap. And on YouTube, if somebody goes off on me, I just kick back. I just say, screw you, you know? And I fire right, I just kick them in the head. And other people see that and say, "Wow, I want to get kicked in the head. So I'm not going to do that. You, have, you always punch the bully, right? So <laughs> if if people are practical on their comments with me, I'll talk with them, but it's just, you know, the ones that just pile on, I just push right back. And that's why I did the kinetic energy and the momentum videos out to 60 because I, I, that's one of the things that's been hilarious for me. Um, And I'm going to present that at ATA this year that might get Western who knows who's going to be in the crowd. Right. That's awesome. But it's hard to, it's hard to fight with math.
2: Yes. Yeah, you you, the it, you can't argue with that
1: launch is flat, and the kinetic energy and the momentum go up as distances as you go further. There's less compression. There's a big compression at the at low end, and the arrows are more efficient at sixty. They do. They are. It's just Newton. And that blows people. Nobody lines. said that Newton. Newton's an idiot.
0: Yeah. And you know, we I mean we could freaking dive into all the equipment and stuff. We don't have to do that. But like it's not like you're just doing this with like, you know, like one piece of equipment that's kinda of giving you some data. You guys are, are have like top of the line shit.
2: Well, you had the T H P boys down here on a uh, few months ago this summer when you was doing that whole kinetic energy run yep. and the sixty yard shooting. Granted they were all bear bows that they were sh- shooting, but they had the basically the entire variety of bear from yeah, all did, their it bottles. It didn't matter.
1: If it was a stick bow, it would be the same thing. There's the velocities would be 180 feet per second, right?
2: Well, that's what's and so that's crazy the one thing the Snyder and I bow. were
1: talking about. You know, Snyder shoots 580 grains out of the stick bow going 175 feet per second. And he whacks some ass. So yeah. if, if that arrow works with Snyder, why can't we just make it go faster for the trajectory with a compound? Right. And, and Snyder's blowing everything down with the stick bow. I, I, that's the part I can't ever connect. It's like... You can gain like 60 or 70 feet per second shooting a compound, that arrow, you got the velocity for that trajectory, and it's going to help some all impact and deliver the arrow to the target with the highest, like I said earlier, the highest penetration projectile delivered more efficiently. Right. Who loses there? Right. Nobody.
0: When so your number pre- one argument has to be speed. Am I correct?
1: So the biggest thing I'm getting now is I've kind of kicked everybody in the freaking head on the efficiency. And when I started doing the sharpening videos and, and, and really diving into the fact that broadheads need to be sharp. And I showed one with that I'd run through bacon and the bacon was Mm -hmm. actually stuck in the teeth and it wasn't razor. It wasn't cutting that calmed down, but everybody's saying, okay, we sort of believe you, but what if one moves? Perfect. If you're still in the same, we have got an elk, you laser the elk, and a cow moves and he moves, and you're a full draw. You're still shooting. Yes. I'm shooting at 400 grains or 600. You're shooting, right? Why don't you practice? I'm going to do a video on this. What you should do is go to your 3D range, laser, and then walk back and spitball it. Yes. It doesn't. It's the same. And once your brain gets used to the trajectory, it's all the same, except the arrow when it hits, when it gets there is going to be it's a freight train.
0: So do you, do you feel like there's that much of a speed difference? Because I mean, that's the kind of reason I brought it up. But like, so say for white. House, oh, there's and, a lot. It's But so this is how I kind of explain it to people around here who don't, aren't really grasping it. So I, I tell yeah. them I'm going to walk out to 30. OK, I'm going to have a 400 grain arrow. And then I'm going to have my 620 grain arrow, okay? Yep. And I'll start with a 620. You stand in front of the target. If it's that much of a difference, I'm going to shoot and see if you can move out of the way. Right? Yeah, it's right. Like, like, so as a, a uh, like, millisecond speed well, difference. you're talking speed about the, the thing. Yes,
1: like, yes. Okay, th- I got off the rails there. Sorry so, if I went somewhere no, else. No, you're but. fine. No, I just mis- <clears> I misunderstood what you were going at. So I do get that a lot. The people say, hey, the animal is going to move more. They're going to have more of a chance to move. Right, well, my first thing is, you don't, if the animal's moving, we definitely do not know what the arrow's going to hit. So, right. if you're shooting a really light arrow and they drop their shoulder blade, welcome to the catcher's mitt, right? You're yeah. Suck that thing up. So, that's the first thing. The second thing is, I've not been able to find every animal I've ever videoed's move. And I think 90% of deer move. I don't think the mule deer jump as much, and I know the elk don't jump as much. That's good. But whitetail deer jump. We don't know how much, which direction, or if they're going to move. It's so variable that the argument is almost moot. So let me ask you you this. Don't know what you're gonna hit.
0: Do you think that they're moving off of string sound or the sound of the arrow coming directly at them?
1: I think it's the arrow.
0: I do too. And I I don't know why like there's so many different sounds that happen in the in the timber. And I I get like there's natural sounds and then there's the bow sound. I get that. But it's not something that's going directly at them. Whereas I feel like today's world
2: I would I would say it's the arrow, not the bow, like just because bows are just quiet. Compared well, I'll give you is, a reason why
1: I think it's the arrow. So I was with Brandon McDonald earlier this spring, and he shot an axis deer at 110 yards. Okay, they're small too, aren't they? Oh they're, yeah, yeah, they're probably the size of y'all's whitetails. Because I don't oh, have whitetails are big. We don't, we don't have any big whitetails, so they're 200 pounds, right? Yeah. So oh, okay. Okay. We were stalking across, and he was getting ready for tack. He had pins out. He had he was a tape out to like 130. And is this six? Six point axis deer going across the pasture. He goes, He's 110. I think I can do it. And he's just standing there. And I'm like, What? And he goes, I'm shooting. I was like, Okay, I'm just a cameraman, you know?
0: That's my kind shoots, of guy.
1: Right. He shoots and axis deer runs over there about 100 yards and stops and then takes off and kind of puts his head down. We were like, hmm. We go over there and the arrow covered from end to end in blood. <laughs> I said, Holy crap. We <laughs> didn't expect that. <laughs> they have dogs on this place and we said we shot one at 110 the guy just brought the dogs and cut them out and found the deer that the guy didn't want to mess around anyway the the, the entry and the exit were level That's there was no way at 110 yards with a 620 grain arrow that the entry and the exit should have been le- level right that means the deer rolled yes as the arrow came there's no way he heard the bow. no i agree he heard the arrow coming and went what in the hell and we didn't see it it's too far, right? Yes. But the deer rolled, and so the entry and the exit were a complete straight line. You would expect it to be with any arrow to be coming in, you know, right, on a ballistic trajectory.
0: So, so Especially I know, at that distance, I mean, you could, uh, you would expect it to be like so, so high pitched It'd be up, yeah, coming spot, in, like coming that. out, coming out door, down, right, uh, like a tree the, stand
1: shots. What I expected, yes, absolutely. We'd get the deer, and they were basically level. So the deer That's rolled. Crazy. He didn't jump a lot. He just rolled a little bit trying to get away and it went right through him.
0: Well, you, you think about it like you're, you're just chilling outside and you like hear like a fly or a bee, you know, coming at your face. Yeah, you and just switch. Move, right? Right. Not because you yeah, hear a crazy. bee, but you because you hear it coming at you. So
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that was crazy. We've got a, uh, my family owns a lumber yard and yep. that I don't get to work at, but we uh, uh, we've got driveways that are, uh the store to lumber in they're 300 feet so on night shift like devin and tyler and i go in there to shoot in the off season because because we had nothing else to do at two or three in the morning so we go shoot and we've stood of course with all the lumber stacked up you can stand behind each little the aisles in there yeah right it's crazy from arrow to arrow to broadhead to broadhead to we've done just countless of you know i say tests but just us tinkering and it is yeah. crazy how noisy some of these broadheads are it's like well no wonder yeah. they have to i mean it sounds like a three pound minnesota mosquito coming at you like just yeah crazy buzz sound. so yeah and some of the
1: fletchings are pretty flappy too yeah.
2: yeah so the fletchings actually do this in
1: the air okay especially straight a straight fletched arrow flaps more than a helical. Just because, less so I need to do that video too. Yeah, <clears throat> helical puts a bend on them, and they bite mm-hmm. into the air, and that surface of the air holds them a little better. Those dead straight fletched arrows, one of the loudest arrows out there. They tend to do this on the way to so they're the broadheads kissing through the air because it's not aerodynamic, right? And then the then they got the fletchings going flippity flap. We're coming. But so just tend the- to have a deer roll. There's nothing else that they could have been,
2: right? That was a side note there. That was when Brandon did you did a two part interview series with him back at the ranch mm-hmm. that night. That was really really good. That 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 was a great interview of you and him. Yeah, thank you very much. That was fun. Yeah, he threw me so he not threw me put... a couple
1: of curveballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: No, that was a good. That was a just a downright mm-hmm. just good interview. Yeah, so, not to push, like a, me, not, so not to push well.
0: a certain product, but so you talk about um, the fletchings. I mean, what what fletchings do you have you found to be like more the quieter ones?
1: We are shooting. God, I wish I knew the brands right off the top of my head. I've shot the Q2i fusions a lot. I mostly like them because they have a footer on them that's that sticks better to the flat to the shafts, and I shoot the really short stuff, and then. We're shooting. We're running the max stealths too, and despite the name, I haven't tested fletchings that much. I, I just don't know if I care. Right. I shoot feathers. That's the loudest I was saying, I thought, thing on the I, planet.
2: Yeah, I, that's your go-to is your feathers. Yeah, I shoot feathers all the time,
1: most of the time. If it's gonna be, if I'm going elk hunting or something, I gonna be a backpack, and I shoot veins because it's practical, but um ninety percent of the time I'm shooting feathers, and they're the loudest thing out there. Yeah. So. And the I, least don't know. I think it matters what the animals do as much as the noise. Like I said, it's not, a, it's not a constant and it's not gravity. People think it's gravity. Just do gravity. No, it's not. They're, it's a muscular reaction. They roll, they roll. They, I mean, they spin, they roll, they spin and roll. Some of them take it like a champ. Some of them drop. And so you just can't predict what you're going to hit. So now that I'm where I'm at, and what I've seen and what I've done to a couple of pigs intentionally shoot them quarter in and stuff with big, heavy single devils, you're better off planning for the unknown in the best possible case. And then if they stand still, they're all dead.
2: Sure. Right. I mean, they're all dead standing still. Well, I think a lot of people take too much or make too big of a deal about um, movement on the animal and, and that whole, book that they'll just dive into i think it's anybody that's worked around humans before and interacted with human you can't predict every like they have a brain of their own they have a mind of their own and not that's two correct. deer are going to react the same way to the same noise in the yep. same location yep. so i think we a lot of people dive into that and put a lot of weight on well it's gonna it's gonna roll it's gonna dip it's gonna bounce it's gonna jump it's it, it's gonna do what's gonna do and there's no way that any human can predict what that deer is going to do at that point in time. Cause Devin just,
1: Grant Woods, Grant Woods put it best. I talked to him on the phone about it a little bit because he did, they did a video and they just, they dropped something.
2: <clears throat> and
1: we talked about that. And he said, the, hunt, the animals you hunt are the best survivors in the population. The fat ones got eaten is how I like to put it. Cause that mm-hmm. is fun. But the, the, the ones who are slower and not as astute get eaten. So yeah. you're already shooting yeah. at the top survivors and then they get to be five years old on public property. They got there somehow. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they already know how to get away apparently. And then you're shooting at them with a, something going 300 feet per second or 250. that's not very fast, bro. No, <laughs> no, not when you can easily do that with a rifle. And yeah, right. I have guns. They get there faster than the sound. So they tend to collapse on the spot. It's really handy. <laughs> it is Super fun. <laughs> It's just the math. Again, like I said, on the math that I did on the 60 yard stuff, it's really pretty practical. It's just math. And um, I'm I don't know what's going to happen at ATA. They put me on Saturday at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's the biggest day of the show. That's awesome. It could be it could be zany. I'm going to have a lot of data to back up some stuff in case somebody goes, you know, a little off the rails.
0: Well, and like you said, uh, like you said, you can't argue with math. I mean, people want to say, "I'm going to do it this way because I've been doing it my whole life," um, and I'm not going to get super detailed in here. But um, I was—I had a conversation, and this is very similar with um, an officer that works at the department that we're in. And it was simply yeah. it, there was a new officer in, and he was training him. And yeah. he did a, he did a traffic stop, and his radio traffic was just um different than i do it right that doesn't mean it's wrong but um no we won't get super detailed but during a traffic stop the first thing that i argue you want to put out is where your location is okay yeah if because if shit hits the fan and i have to get off the microphone at least everybody knows where i'm at yeah right well this other guy wanted to argue with me and the only his only argument to back it up was because that's the way he's done it his whole career. And he's been a cop Correct. forever. And it's never gone yeah. wrong. And it won't go yeah. wrong until it does go wrong, right? Yeah, that's right. So it, it's like, it, you can't argue. Like, I I had actual factual basis behind why I was saying what I was saying. And I was saying, this is why. Because if shit has a fan, right. what's yours? And his is just because he's done it the whole time. So I feel like it's similar where you get a lot of people are just stubborn and they're just going to keep shooting flappers because that's what they've always done. And I've killed 17 deer with an expandable broadhead yeah sure but right it's like you you can't argue with the math that you're presenting so i i feel like that's and the and i really like to get.
1: have is physiologically you really do want to shoot them forward it's just the the faster more efficient kills is better for the meat but they don't live three hours yeah um is to shoot them low and forward that's where the heart is and all the major vessels yeah all the pipes yeah it just is really efficient. And then when you shoot these really higher efficiency arrows with a really razor-sharp broadhead, you're gonna find you're gonna see deer that don't
0: run. Yeah.
1: And every everybody says, you know, well, I gotta have a blood trail. You're not gonna get a blood trail every time. If you haven't shot, if you shot three deer, maybe you've got a blood trail every time. But you get up, you know, you get over 10, and if you really look back, it's completely inconsistent. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. So it's better if they go 40 yards and crow. Yes. And it's better if they don't run 100 miles an hour. The last thing you want to do is run really fast off. It's going to happen. But we're seeing, and I get lots of reports from people who say, this is the first deer I've ever shot through. And you can see the picture. The guy's 45 years old, right? It's not like 20-year-old. Right. And it didn't run. I've never seen that. I thought I missed. I get that a lot. I shot this deer, I thought I missed, and then it fell over. I didn't said, oh. know <clears throat> Yeah, a guy had just sent me a picture. He shot one twice. He shot it, thought he missed. Shot it, it was in the same spot, shot it again. <laughs> and it fell over, and he goes, huh. And the, you know, the, the, they were two inches apart. You know, he just zapped it. So it was dead on his feet. And that's, it's another factor. I told this to Aaron Snyder. I said, you're trying to reduce the variables. So you don't want the arrow in the animal. You want it to be sharp. You want it forward. You want it in the very major organs and all that stuff. And if they don't run, that's another variable you can somewhat control. That's a little bit of a strong word there. But you have a better opportunity if the arrow goes right through them like butter and just zips through them like they're not there. There's a really good chance they're going to hop, 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 and look around. Well, that just shortened your trail, sure. whether uh, or not. <clears throat> And it really helps. Like I said, the hunting public guys had four deer go down on camera last year, and that's a, that is when I say, think you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see people like y'all and hunting public and all my subscribers say, "Wow, it was easy to got killed the deer. Just killed it. I just killed the deer."
0: Right. was no, not much
1: just... chasing around.
0: Well, it's no fun. I, I will say and give you credit. Like shout out to the THP guys. Like they over the last four or five years have changed hunting dramatically i mean yeah like it's unreal but you also have done that so shout out to you i mean you've changed those guys are doing a great
1: job they're super great guys and they are just like they are on camera they're awesome i've been really impressed with the hunting public guys they're super nice they're very grounded solid you can't help help but love
0: them and they do so much for the conservation i mean it's unreal yeah right but you're always yeah Yeah, they did that turkey stuff
1: this year they were talking about turkey (laughs) biologists and stuff and and uh They've been hunting with the Seek One guys last year and donated a bunch of deer to to the homeless and all that stuff. So they're good people. I've really enjoyed that relationship. Yeah. Yeah,
2: they they are. Um, One thing that I want to note on, too, that I don't think a lot of people around here and the people that we talk to – take note of as much, uh, is the sharpening of the broadheads. I, I don't know if it's because of the generation that I'm in has mainly come from the flappers and the expandables and they're just, they buy a new one and throw it on. But mm-hmm. I bought the DMT sharpener and I bought a couple of stones and I yeah. took the oldest leather belt that I've had since yeah, right. high school, 20 made years a strop. Sorts, made yep. a strop out of it and, though like the other day i would showed my wife i said you gotta come out here and see this and i had had one um one of the broadheads was stuck in the reinhardt target three quarters of the way through the reinhardt and then the one that i had spent hours on over a couple days of just getting it stupid just stupid uh-huh. sharp had sailed completely through the reinhardt and hit the tire of my wheelbarrow cart behind it and just tink into the metal of the wheel right i'm like that's right. that both of those areas down at the bottom were fresh so right yes there could be a consistency issue through the target for sure i'm not saying but there's an obvious difference in taking one out of the package and then taking one and taking it to the next level of just
1: it's really something that's been overlooked for a lot of years the the broadhead manufacturers are trying to do their best they're mass manufacturing stuff you can't knock a lot of them i think it's a quality issue So they're running a business and I'm not knocking them for trying to cut costs and do whatever all of us would do. Right. Right. But I saw the same thing when I finally got my hands on really high quality steel and the level of the edge you can put on it and the retention that you shoot through a target or shoot through a deer and it still shaves. So, you know, all the way through it, it's shaving, And it was destroying everything in the way it was just severing everything in its way. And I really had to go down that path, but it's a. It is worth spending. Stop shooting and learn to sharpen. And that's honestly, shoot four arrows a day and sharpen for thirty minutes. It's going to help. You know, shoot five, six, seven arrows. Not it takes a shitload of time,
0: though. You know. You know. So I think it it, for guys like me that I'm just. Lazy in certain parts. I'm glad I have a friend that's super like obsessive over shit and Chase Cole, and he can yeah. take my my broadheads and sharpen them. But it it does. It just takes a long time because I've tried it and it's like I work it, work it, work it, and it doesn't like get to the where I want it after a couple of days. And I'm like, this, you know. There's it's not a, working. I'm doing. Yeah. There's that. an
2: art to it. Like once you once you figure it out, like his um Devin, he just smoked a dough down in Kentucky doing a public land hunt down in Kentucky a month ago before the Illinois season opened. <laughs> fifty two uh-huh. yards and smoked her and uh I spent less than five minutes and I'd send him pictures of it, just raise a blade my arm like yeah but you've learned know. what
1: to do yeah, right, yeah now you know
2: yeah, but you I mean less than five minutes after she went after that it was an iron wheel, and uh after it went through there oh, just, no. oh yeah that was your iron wheel wasn't it yes, yeah, sorry, and they one thing that I'm learning with the sharpening is that some make it look really easy on tv and on youtube and they're like you know this is how you sharpen and and like just like shooting a bow it took me 15 different people watching before it clicked okay so i need this is how it works and but it 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 makes a big big difference i think it's gonna how far did that deer go uh
0: seven feet
1: <clears throat> that is beautiful buddy that's what we want
0: <laughs> 620 grain arrow right she just collapsed that's what, what that's what happens when, that's what that's what happens whenever you hit that uh really big bone that runs across the whole body
1: oh the spine
0: yeah yeah that one
1: <laughs> we like yeah, that I, one too. I don't care i don't care how they go down as they go seven yards
0: <laughs> so it's pretty funny like so i've only been hunt- hunting for four years now I have multiple headshots. I have multiple spines. I have yet to actually shoot a deer. Well, my first deer I shot in the vitals with a Rage broadhead. And and funny story. So it was it was a yearling, and this is why I started researching. Okay, so I had it a yearling doe. It was the end of my very first season. I hadn't killed anything yet, and her the mom was coming behind her but i knew that yep. the mom would spook before i could get a shot so i'm like screw it so i had a really light arrow i had a rage two blade shout out to rage um and i shot this doe she was um seven, 16 17 yards directly broadside out of a matthew's bow that was pulling 70 pounds and i didn't hit any i went right behind the rib cage didn't hit yep. any bone and it actually passed all the way through but it, yep. it it kind of passed all the way through and just laid down on the, on the ground. And I'm like, man, it's a, it, the, the deer was no bigger than my Belgian Malinois that's outside. And, yep. you know, I, I, threw her over my shoulder on the way out and I'm like, man, that just doesn't sit well with me because I didn't hit any bone. You know, I dissected it and I looked, I really looked and I caught both lungs, but I just passed the ribs. and it didn't sit well with me that I'm shooting such a, a bow that should do a lot more. I should be smoking through her and uh i went to uh, it's a bow shop that's no longer going now bow Minum, um in Tolono, illinois and the owner there mike he's like i got you and he actually actually shot uh that following year i shot i'm still shooting the same arrow um the gold tip 250s kinetic pierce platinum 250s but he had yep,
1: me that's good shot um,
0: he sold me on the bishop holy trinities and i freaking love yep. this um yep. but they're like $300 for a three pack. Yeah, they're I expensive. Lost, I lost all three of them. So a lifetime warranty doesn't mean shit whenever you, whenever you lose the broadhead. So, but, but I mean, it, it solved all those problems. I put, I put that arrow and broadhead through a coyote skull front and back. Yep. And, and through multiple deer. Um, through bone, I mean it. It it was flawless. So, like that, it's cool to see the progression, and that's how I I ultimately got onto the ranch. Ferry was was yeah right. That's what that Those flapper, shit, those solid heads know. are really
1: good. The yeah, <laughs> annihilator is really good. so is uh the VPA stuffs real good for that type of head. Just they're easy to sharpen
0: too. Yeah, I just bought the tooth of the arrow 175 four blade. I'm gonna try them out. Mm-hmm. All right, cool so
1: i've had a little trouble sharpening those Did they make a sharpener for those i don't keep up i do stuff.
0: yeah i, I need okay. to buy it um because i they yeah. came out of the package and they were pretty sharp but you know obviously like you know everything can be sharper out of the package so well they're I need four to get that sharpener. they're four
1: <clears throat> yeah so they're going to be real steep angles if you try to flat yes. sharpen them they're fine yep. but i just i know i've had a multiple subscribers have trouble getting
0: them. yeah they actually have a sharpener that's really made for sharp those so that'd
1: be yeah well, that they, recommended
2: we're gonna see how they do i would get one yeah, yeah
0: they yeah, they, they shoot they shoot good um i didn't have to change my sight at all from my field points so that was good but yeah i'm i'm right at about 620 total arrow that'll away,
2: work so. perfect that, that brings me to one one more probably big question is i've had a lot of people that seem to be um, the older crowd that say they move their sights to sight in their broadheads. What does that tell you?
1: Well, first thing is, I'm, I'm hanging out with a rocket band. I now understand too much about aerodynamics. So some of that's just aerodynamics. It doesn't mean you have bad aeroflight, it just means they don't fly like field points. But that means they probably haven't bear shafted. They're probably shooting an underspined arrow typically. And there's a lot of rests that aren't running down the middle that I have worked on. So the biggest uh, challenge I have found is I tried to shoot Sirius's micro diameter arrow. It's a 300 spine arrow. And I was going to be able to get a 575 grain arrow running 26 and a half percent forward to center. That is a complete unicorn. That's a complete (laughs) unicorn. (laughs) because they're so light and i bear shafted them and i said oh my god it's a holy grail because i've talked to ed ashby and he thinks if we could get a five grain per inch arrow and put a 400 grain point on it that the four to center would be in the 30s and it would be unstoppable, and be five be 600 grain arrow okay five, five grains per he inch. will clearly say that to you i think this i don't know this we gotta test it that's what he always says however When I put broadheads on that shaft, they shot weird. They didn't group. Hmm. They went a little right and a little left. It wasn't terrible, but I knew. And I grabbed a 250, same shaft, and it went right down the damn middle. And I said, hmm. So generally speaking, that just means somebody didn't tune their, they didn't do anything to their arrows. They didn't knock tune. They didn't bear shaft. They didn't do any of this stuff, which is pretty common. That's do the you, first
2: thing. Do, Just do you find before, before you get too deep off into that, do you, so say if you have a setup and you're bear shaft paper tuning and she's bullets repeatedly, yeah. and yeah. then you change arrow setup, are you starting over from... Uh, from scratch or since a brand boat. is this a brand question no 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 i'm saying is this like so you have like i have my bow and it's and i'm shooting bullet holes with it bear shaft and i'm happy everything's flying straight and then i say eh, i'm going to change arrows do i have to start completely over with the rest and and doing all that or should it in theory be just follow suit behind it because the bow is so if you get the ranch
1: kit and you test it with the Sirius and you decide you're gonna buy gold tips right that kind of thing right that kind of thing yeah yeah sure yeah okay that so of... no they don't shoot the same okay so what i would do is if you whatever you tr- whatever you brand arrow you try to shoot i'd stay on the rails and that's not because i sell arrows it's because i have 15 different brand of arrows at my house and they don't shoot the same okay so they're not the same, the carbon's not the same. the weaves aren't the same. the way they put them together, the way they however they adhere they, they aren't all the same you'll be better off if you bear shaft with anything and change brands you 're going to be way better off. I cannot tell you that you're not going to be better off because you 'll be darn close, but it will it it probably won't shoot the same and okay. i've tried it i've tried to um I've even shot the, the, the different kinds of serious arrows that right. sponsors me. And they don't all shoot the same. It's minor. Right. But it's way easier just to stay on your, stay with the brand. That's what okay. it is. It's just shooting good. So like I said, the CoreLock 165, if I shoot, I know that another brand of 165 bullet didn't shoot as good as CoreLock out of that one gun. Right. So I don't upgrade the federal premium copper bullets that 165 when the core right. lock shoots, because they may not shoot straight. Correct. And so that's my recommendation. Once again, that's not because I sell arrows and you know, I'm financially compensated by Sirius. It has nothing to do with that. I have a lot of arrows. I have multiples of people send me arrows all the time and I shoot them and they're not the same. They're darn close, okay. but pick a brand and stay on the rails. That's what, that's my recommendation to everybody.
2: Fair enough. All yeah. right. Well, Devin, you got any more last questions for we, let him get back to enjoying his evening,
0: um, yeah, I do okay, shoot. you can, you you can go so many places and hear the ranch ferry talk about arrows, right?
1: It could yeah, it's really, it really gets a little bit crazy
0: I'm sure so let's let's get away from that a little bit. i know uh, let's be conscious of your time here. I know it's getting late. No, you're fine, um so I'm sitting
1: in a hotel room, so I'm fine
0: so <laughs> i I do zero, zero fishing okay
1: okay
0: but do, do i need a heavy hook or a light hook like like how does that work
1: <laughs> that depends
0: <So laughs> tell me all about it I'm trying to depends. learn.
1: when i was crappie fishing today we needed a little light hook but when we were bass fishing we jacked it up a little bit because lake fork is full of trees
0: so I need to get them out i've never heard a ranch fairy talk about fishing and and chase has been talking to me all week about how you guys have just been going back and forth about this whole fishing stuff so you're on a fishing trip right now
1: I am. I'm going to put up a bunch of fishing content this fall. Cool. So because I'm an educator, it, I'm, I'm not a hunting show. I'm, I'm done for right. bow hunting. My, my time is January through through August. That's when everybody needs to be fiddling around with their bows. And I really do like fishing. I probably I like to fish more than I like to bow hunt. Not just because I'm getting old. But um, I like all the science and I like shooting and I like all the stuff and helping people. But personally I'd rather fish. So I went uh, to Wyoming and we went trout fishing. My son and I kicked their ass. Oh, we did so well (laughs) up in Wyoming. We just stomped them. And then we went, I came down here. There's a guy here named Gary Paris, and he's been a guide on Lake Fork. Lake Fork's at one time had the state record for Texas. And and we went fishing with him as a collaboration thing. He has a YouTube channel and blah, blah, blah. So we did a bunch of that and some crappie. He does catfish and he does bass, and we did that. And then I'm going
2: to Louisiana in two weeks to go redfish fishing, and then I'm, I'm so going jealous. snook fishing
1: in early November.
2: So are you just basically? You, I know you're in Texas now, but you, will you swing back home for a little bit, then go do another? Oh yeah, no, trip, I'm going or? home tomorrow, and then I'll be home for you
1: know two weeks, and then I'll I'm not going to I'm not going to redfish until twenty sixth, and then I'm going down to South Texas to fish for snook um, in early early November with a guy who's really good at it. I want to catch a big
2: snow. So you're, you're on the reds. You've got somebody in on that. Like, you know, when they're moving through and you're, you're hitting that for a so time We period. fish with a
1: guy down there and we just whack. I mean, it's Louisiana's fishing is ridiculous. It is. I've been on cold fronts. I've been in my, you know, $450 rain suit, wind suit. I got the hundred mile an hour jacket. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, and and the bibs and all that and a sock hat in Louisiana on Northern and we whacked them, I mean freezing. Yeah. And I've been there when it's sunny and we whack, we just whack. So that's going to be a fun trip to video because we'll be in the boat. It's pretty easy to video. And then the snook thing will be Wade fishing and I've got a chesty cam and that's going to be a little more annoying. But I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do it. It's it's going to be fun. That's one of the that's a target fish. I've never caught a snook, and so I haven't either. That, that's, that's you on the know, list. I really do like fishing. I'm going to do a lot more of it for my channel and just try to expand my audience as well. It helps me reach out. Most people who have fishing rods do some kind of hunting, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. a good, uh, it's a good, it's a different avenue for me to just reach out to the you know, the public of outdoors, outdoors and expand sure. my brand a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you have me. a ranchberry boat or something, you know? Yeah, who knows I've, I've, I've told I these,
0: I've told these guys multiple times. I'll go fishing, <laughs> but. It's just for you to go drop me off at the at the shore, so I can go walk the woods and scout while you catch fish, man. Yeah, right. I, so I've got I haven't so, got into it yet.
1: Yeah, the problem you have, don't do it because you'll just spend a bunch of money you don't need. But, um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, you'll just be pissing yeah. up a rope. It's great, but um, it's story. Of my it's life. a really you're you'd, you'd be a catcher. So my son my son Caleb who's here with me and ran camera for us.
0: I've been a catcher for a fisherman. whole life, right?
1: He'll fish and, fish and 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 fish. My youngest son, Thomas, who's 19, he's a, he just wants to catch. Screw all the fishing. Yeah. Screw all the casting. <laughs> I want him to bite or I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. He's hilarious. He'll tell you flat out. And then I have a, my buddy Chris who I'm going to Louisiana with. He said, I want non-discriminate feeders. <laughs> I don't care what it is. If it's got gills... Yes, and it'll bite all day i'll catch them perch jackfish crabs whatever but i don't want to sit in the boat and float around that's oh, see, no, i see
2: now i could sit in that boat all day and i've done it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times by myself all day that's the perk of our schedule you know we may have wednesday thursday off one week or monday tuesday yeah, off, right, so right i've got weekdays to go out the lake by myself and i would just yeah, fish man. all day yeah we we had to we it was a grind today bass
1: fishing I mean, it was just a grind. It was junk fishing. We were throwing everything in the boat at them, and uh, we there was no pattern. I caught three on a brush hog today. They caught them on jigs yesterday. We caught two on a crank for no reason, you know, and a white <laughs> right. bass. Now the crappie fishing with the live scope was ridiculous. That was so yeah. dumb. It was I, so dumb.
2: I know it's like one a of video. Right yeah. One of the guys I fish with will end up with it, but it's just, that's a big investment to throw out there. That live scope's not cheap. I think too. it's about
1: $3,500 all in is yeah. what I
2: understand. The biggest game. But it is me.
1: literally television. It is live television. You can see your lure. You can see the fish, and you see the fish swim up to your lure. And Once you
2: sunk. Was this your first time? I know we talked before the podcast. Was this your first time with SpotLock? Or have you been? Yeah, it's the first that
1: for... boat that I've been in that's had spotlock because I don't bass fish like that a lot. I bass fish a lot of small water with no power no power motors um, where okay. I fish. And then um I don't have a bass boat and I don't want one. I just don't, I don't want I want <laughs> one, but I don't want one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to deal with it. You and, don't. And uh it was the first time to fish with a boat with spotlock, and that's nice. So he could spot lock over a tree, put us right on top of it. We found them in 30 feet of water, the ones that would bite. The shallow fish wouldn't bite for some reason. And then you could see them on the bottom on the live scope. You could see your jig go and stop it right above them. And you literally would see a fish come out of the tree and eat it. It was the dumbest thing I've
2: ever done in my life. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but if it you was got a, a fish fry game. tomorrow, you can do it today. Yeah, yeah we have do it all back. The... <laughs>
1: i got go, to go to my, do my real job tomorrow and go to Dallas. And then I got to drive home after that, and I just didn't want to waste them. So I didn't, we didn't kill them. We threw them all back. But I love eating the saccalate. They are wonderful, but oh, um, it,
2: we're big. Cod croppie's good to eat. Oh, it's one man. of the best,
1: best eating fish out there. They're really good.
2: And that's kind of our, uh, our specialty around here is the crappie. Like, hey, everybody crappie fishes, and everybody's got their yeah. own special way of making them, and everybody thinks theirs is better than everybody else's. Oh, yeah. It's like barbecue in Texas. Uh-huh.
1: You know, everybody's ribs are different, and blah, 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 and all that stuff. It's all the same. It's the same stuff. But I haven't crappie fish. I bet I've caught five crappie my whole life, and then
2: today we caught really? 30. Really? Yeah, I don't crappie fish. I, just well, I didn't one. think when you, said that. when you said that, yeah. I didn't think that was big down there. I didn't think... Now you get more sm- like to the Easter East early of you, it can be more yep. big of the crappie. But I didn't think you guys were big on crappie down so there. So Gary said they're doing tournaments and stuff
1: all on the lake now, and there's you're giving away boats and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's a
1: big deal, right? Yeah. And um, he had some concerns with this live scope thing. We were talking about it from a conservation perspective that you can just go find them every day right. they, they lock up on structure it's not like they roam yeah. around no and then you could see no. bass sitting in the limbs and you could see the flathead catfish swimming around it was unbelievable and so i said well i don't then we won't kill them you know we just we'll throw them all back and i don't care anyway i, I just like catching so we did really well on crappie we we tried to catch catfish yesterday. He's got some um, pictures of like sixty and seventy pound flatheads he's caught on a rod and reel and stuff like that.
2: So we and we he's got,
1: apparently pretty good at it.
2: We've got some big uh, big flatheads in our lake, but our our real monsters come at the dam, and guys will yeah. go out there and just try to at the bottom of the dam at the spillway. And I think yep. the lake or would be the river record there. It's like eighty five or ninety pounds. Yeah, yeah, Paul like was the man himself. It was just—I can't imagine. That's a big
1: that. freshwater fish, right? And then oh. it's a—it's an, an underutilized resource. And I'm going to talk about this when I put the videos up for Gary. Um, it's stuff in Texas. People bass fish. You don't right. hear about people catfishing and stuff. Yeah. And then he does trips like the other day. He had some guys say, "We just want to go catfishing." So he goes out and baits a hole with a bunch of range cubes the day before. And they had this. They had them stacked to the roof of a, you know, sixty quart ice chest. And they were all. He caught like three, four five pounders, and they were all about fourteen inches long, which is great eating. Mm-hmm. They're easy to clean when they're small. Right. And the yeah. small ones taste better. And uh, they just smoked them. And he said it was nonstop. Just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they were done at nine o'clock. Just whack them.
2: So, do you guys do much noodling down there? When I've you- never
1: done that, and I want to do that.
2: I don't know. And- I got a buddy that. That around here that comes from a little more redneck than i am and him and his dad have done it for 20 some years and i just don't know if i can stick my hand in a dark hole i just don't yeah, know I,
1: I don't know how brave i am on that i'm, I'm with you I, I say i want to do it until yeah. I, think I get in
0: the water until i get, get in the water your arm and yeah. pull it out of a hole it's not that bad i did yeah. it a lot in college <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a little different there, bro. <laughs> I don't
2: know about it, but yeah, that I just wondered if that was a big thing down there. You guys do that a lot. Oh, or- It's a big thing. I
1: I don't think I don't know that the noodlers talk about it very much. I think they kind of keep it quiet. I don't think they. I don't think they because I, I don't think it's real hard. So if you're a noodler, right, and the word gets out, they'll come rampage through your damn river, and they, yeah. you know, and whack them because i haven't seen anybody releasing noodle and fish do they release them ever or are they no it's all eat eaten because i that it's
2: good to eat oh yeah right. absolutely absolutely yeah. and if you do you guys ever walleye fish i've caught like 15 walleye in my life and they've
1: all been in wyoming so i've never done yeah. that i've never really walleye fished i've just accidentally caught them yeah
2: i've tried for years and then zero good at it <laughs> No. You're right good. you're like my elk hunting i'm the worst <laughs> elk hunter ever yeah. if y'all ever hear that
1: i draw a unit don't go there if i'm going
0: you're only the <laughs> just, worst just, one yet because i haven't done it yet
1: <laughs> well i've been four times and every time it was like man we don't know where all the elk are it's usually really good this time of year uh-huh. yeah yep. yeah
2: well then Hello, you go uh, you listen to I, thp and they're just bugling all over the place yeah
1: it's me Yes. it's it's me sorry guys yes. you know sorry you're yeah. here get some beer yeah
2: That's easy you
1: know we're just gonna go back to the all right guys i need to go yeah so i appreciate y'all having me on it's been Dude, great we appreciate it cool i hope you have a very successful podcast guys it's gonna be great spring or whatever we can lie to each other again it'll be great all right yeah. sounds good all right thank you sir appreciate it yes have a good night thank you, you too. Appreciate it, buddy thank you yes
0: sir bye-bye all right, support you, Pat, again. Thank you guys for tuning into the episode. Uh, we had a blast talking to Troy. Um, dude's just uh, just an encyclopedia of information. This this podcast could have went four to five hours digging into a lot of the stuff that he um, does on a daily basis. Uh, we didn't even tap into 10% of, of what he really, really does and the um, numbers and just how he, he gets everything. Um, So if you want to tap into that stuff he's he makes a lot of videos he's got a, a big um youtube page go uh check him out follow it see why we do uh, why we follow it why we uh snort the fairy dust if you will um the dude just knows his stuff and anytime somebody's that passionate about something and also has uh scientific data to back up why it's uh why they're so passionate about it it's for me it's something that uh I just gravitate towards at least listening to. So I'm, I feel like I'm living proof of the ideas behind everything that the Ranch Ferry does. And, um, you know, I started with a lighter arrow, a, an expandable broadhead and have switched and it's, it's made a huge difference for me. So again, go check him out. The Ranch Ferry on YouTube, Instagram, I believe probably Facebook. Um, shout out to Troy thank you so much for taking time out of your night to talk to little blue tail bow hunters. So, um, again, follow him, follow us on the social medias and give us a review if you don't mind and share us up so we can grow this community. Appreciate it.